And then, you know, what he said about emotional controls earlier is important. That like, if I'm in a good mood, it's, you know, my, the, the range between me and a very good mood or a very bad mood is a pretty narrow range, you know? Like, I don't really have these super high highs or super low lows. Now, I used to. When I was a child, there was all sorts of chaos and nonsense, and that really beat the hell out of that. Uh, that part of my reign was abused so much that I'm just like, no, no, no. Yeah, if you're, you're up in the markets, that's nice. Keep working. You're down in the markets, well, that sucks. Keep working. Oh, the market's neutral today? Uh, keep working. You know? And I don't get worked up about uh, whatever the fuck is going on. I just don't get worked up about it. It doesn't bother me much. It doesn't bother me much at all. And I don't get like crazy exuberant when, well, you, know, you and I had a conversation the same day or the next day that, you know, I was up about a million and a quarter in the stock market the one day and you were up, I, I won't talk about your personal life, but you were up quite a nice chunk of money as well. And um, it's the same sort of conversation we'd have any other time, you know. I didn't feel like, you know, both of us were happy about it. It was like, you know, that was a really nice day. That was great. But we're not like, you know, you know <laughs> planning a vacation. We're not like planning, hey, I'm going to change my life now and go on vacation. They're just like, you know, oh, this, that was great, you know? There was one other subtlety about what Derek was saying is that when he's saying to do something at the end of the day when you're tired, part of what you're doing is you're training your body to keep moving and pushing beyond it. So it's not a matter of, oh, what can I do you know, early on in the day? Because that's the time when your willpower is low, your ability to think clearly is low. And if you're able to push through it, well, what happens in a crisis? Do you have the luxury of time? Do you have the ability to be able to reflect on what it is you're going to do? You have to take action. And, and that, when you're tired, you're hungry, you put in a long day, and you just do those extra two things, it's going to serve you really well when stuff becomes difficult. Because you're not going to think, oh, OK, what do I need to do? You're like, OK. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You'll maximize the amount of time you have. And when it comes to quick decision making, you won't hesitate. You'll just get up and do it. So, so there's that subtle nuance to what Derek was saying. You don't even know yourself. You don't even know how, how, how tough you are or what a bitch you are until you're, you still perform during tough environments. When you see other people giving up and capitulate, and you just keep moving, keep moving, and that, that doesn't happen overnight. At first, you're going to feel like shit about it. At first, you're going to hate it. You're going to feel like shit. You're going to look around. Everybody else gave up. They wouldn't judge you if you gave up, too. And it, it comes from within. It has to be in your own thought. You won't have peer pressure to keep going. Everybody else gave up. And you can look around and watch them pausing and stopping and failing and throwing their hands up, waiting for the government to send them a $600 check. You know, and that's what you get when you give up early. You know, That's the equivalent of what you get. You get a $600 check. You know? And the person who watches that happen, and instead of thinking like, oh, I could take a break too, and no one on earth would judge me negatively for it, it'd be perfectly normal. But instead, you're like, that's pathetic. And you just keep. You know, so it, at first you have to do that out of willpower and tenacity, and then later it's just a habit. It's just like a lifestyle habit that, you know, you'll, you'll have so many benefits. If you do it through willpower, even for a few months, three, four months, if you use your willpower and make yourself do it, even for three, four months, 
you'll accrue so many benefits that later you'll be excited for the opportunity that when other people give up, you can keep going and just spread the gap between where you, you and them. In 2020, um, you know, I, uh, I unwound one business with my friend's company that I was bringing in over half of the revenue of their entire business. There's like me bringing in more than half and then there's everybody else and I'm being very polite to not talk about it or add a couple more colorful words in that. So I unwound that business. I got, you know, disconnected myself from that business, built a brand new business that, you know, did, uh, it's no harm in saying, you know, four million and change in the first 12 months. Right. Then, um, global, global, where everybody else is panicking and it's the end of the world. There's riots in my city, there's fires in my city, people are burning police cars outside. I'm staying up watching uh, CNBC and Bloomberg late at night and reading financial statements, literally when there's fires outside and shootings right across the street. And I'm just you know, staying up, looking at the police, looking at the National Guard outside and reading financial statements until noon or 1 p.m., just all night long. Take a nap for a couple hours, do it again. Uh, my mother died in May. Um, you know, I, I was traveling, my lifestyle, I was traveling, you know, last year I had 110 flights on my main airline and then maybe eight or 10 more flights, so something close to 120 flights. I flew like a quarter million miles, like 400,000 kilometers uh, in 2019. So that whole business was uh, really fucked. My whole lifestyle changed dramatically. And in the mix of that, you know, you unwind one business, could have abandoned that in totally, but I didn't. I, just, I rescheduled things with the clients. I showed up to take care of those clients. I went and built a new business. I took care of the stock market opportunities. I had about, I had five real estate transactions, about $4 million in real estate projects going on in the background, buying shit when nobody else would do that. You know, and I made a lot of money in the stock market. But, you know, first I shorted the market in March. Some of you were here in March and like, uh, Phil, Phil and I were having conversations about this, walking through the Venetian Palazzo complex together. I don't remember, were you here in March? I think you, you were here in March. And that was um, the, the last big club night, we went out over there somewhere, and then they closed the clubs. And then we were at Gold Spike. I think you were there at the Gold Spike nights. So that week, Phil and I were talking about shorting the market, and I was making a few hundred thousand dollars. So when, you know, the one day that weekend, I had 260-some thousand dollars I made. And I was talking to him about it, and I took a very large position that I was concerned about, you know, and made a couple million dollars uh, when the market opened on Monday. And um, anyway, you know, at the, at the end of the year, you know, unwind one business, keep those clients happy, build a new business, mom dies, global crisis, total travel schedule, all your peer group, all your everything's changed, and uh, you know, December 31st, I'm up, you know, just under 10 million, made about 10 million dollars last year. $10 million in 2020, when everybody else is, they're waiting for a $600 check. They're waiting for a $600 check. So it's, it, that's, that's a different species of, that's a different type of creature, you know? And, um, you know, if it, if it sounds narcissistic or arrogant, then maybe it does, but, you know, like, that, that's a different type of creature. I don't know what those other people are, but either I'm superhuman or they're subhuman. But that's a different type of creature. That's not what a normal person would do. But, you know, but I think anybody else could do that too.
and that's that's the other side of that. So I, I, I'll say what I said is very cocky, but I do believe it's true. And you know what? I think anybody else here could do that too. Why is it every time I keep saying to the group, what else do you want to talk about? You guys keep bringing it back to business, not me. You guys keep bringing it back to that. You know that's where the big opportunity is. You know that's where the big opportunity is. So, um, yeah, but those are, those are just a couple of bullet points. A couple of bullet points you know, I could share for the timeliness of it. But uh, you gotta find a sister here. You know, you gotta want to do it. You gotta, first you gotta make yourself do it. And then you'll see such advantages for doing so that you get addicted to the process of saying, what else could I do? What else? What else could I do? There's another opportunity, what is it? If there was an opportunity, what might it be? Who else could see an opportunity that I'm not able to see right now? What would that look like? And then, you know, it's a, it's a very three-dimensional model and it's shifting in real time and, you know, then the news cycle happens and uh, the news cycle's gonna fuck with you. So, uh, but I, and, and I'd reiterate again, you know, I mean, look, when I talk to, the, when I talk to my best, best you know, clients, people that I want to be long-term friends with, people that are in the mastermind group, is like, I, I fully expect, especially the younger ones in there, they're not supposed to do whatever I did, they're supposed to do a lot more than that. You get a good mentor or a good coach or a good teacher, not to do what they did, but to do what they did much quicker than they did it, and then go past that, you know? That's the whole fucking point. So I don't have some thought in my head that uh, I want those people to do very well. I want to try to help the people do very well. Not everybody, the people out there don't even want to help themselves, you know? But you want to help the right people to do the best they can that uh, is still an expansion of your peer group that you have high quality friends for the rest of your life, you know? So, I don't know, there's a couple bullet points. I got 10 more things I'd like to talk about in that vein, but what else, folks? Uh, the different levels of nuance that you're talking about, um, where you know, things might be going over some of the less experienced entrepreneurs' heads that are landing for somebody who's more experienced. Uh, is there any, uh, to try to shorten that, that, that time horizon? It's several well-to-do entrepreneurs in the room are telling you to do that. If you haven't done that, do that. I'll be in April. It'll help you a lot, like really. We're going through the program right now. How many people have been involved in this program already? Is there, yeah. So what are your, I don't know, geez, I, I, I don't wanna say you know, personal things or uh, private things, but you know, this guy manages some you know, huge projects or hundreds of millions of dollars and more. Get a couple projects that are over a billion dollars. Did you learn anything in there that might help you with any of that? That helped me focus so fucking much. Like, that alone is going to bring in so much more money than all three of those courses. The mastermind. Three times the month. <laughs> but in the stock market this year, I, my portfolio was at 50%. So be, before those, in the stock market, from November till November, before all those retailers and malls went up even more in December, or up even more in December, my portfolio was up from, from November 30th till November 30th, whatever, last day of the month, to last day of the month was up 222.75%. 222.75. That's the, the stocks that I still own. That is an account for options, for you know, shorting the market, and collected that money. 
various options contracts that I sold and collected that money, various trades that I did, et cetera, is like those are, that's like your current portfolio, current holdings up 222.75%. So uh, can I do that every year? Absolutely not. But in a tumultuous year, can I do things like that? Will I do it again? 100% I'll do it again. I did it when I was 30. I just spent 11 years. I went to graduate school to learn how to do that better. I went to graduate school to understand finance, account. Why did I go to Chicago? What do they study at Chicago? Economics, number one econ program, number two finance program, number three accounting program. What did I focus on when I was there? Economics, finance, accounting. So I wanted to go there to do the hard, nerdy math things. Like so much math, you, I know you're a very smart person, you're, you're in graduate school yourself, yeah? You're in a doctorate degree, aren't you? Yeah, so you know how that feels like when you study so much that like you don't even feel like having sex, you're so immersed in your studies. You know what that feels like, yeah. So I didn't have to do that, but I was so excited about these topics that I wanted to do that, which you know contributed to my ability to do some of these other things recently, you know? So. Um, my percentage would have been way better if I didn't do a, if, if I factored out all the fucked up shit I did before I took the course. Like all the herd uh, momentum investing and all that other dumb shit before I knew what I was doing. Like, you know, I, I got low six figures in the stock market right now. I bet you I'd probably be over 100% return. You know, I learned this shit first and then fucking did it. But I took some action. We learned a long way. I, I could be mean right now and I could say, you know, so do that math. How much did that cost you exactly? <laughs> Half a million? More? Earn those lessons learned. I would never be that mean. But if I was, what would the number be? Um, I, mean, I, I could have 10 more people tell you to do that, but just, yeah, you're, you're already doing that. And then also jump in this markets course and you want to. You look in your eye and very, you know, you want to, just do it. Do it, you'll be happy. Um, and, I mean, anybody else here that's serious about, you know, financial freedom, it's like, that's what I want to help people with. And like, you know, I don't know how long these current opportunities are gonna last, they're not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over yet, there's a lot more upside to this. So, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts, but I'm happy to help with that and, uh, just like your fucking doctoral program, bro. It's like, you know, you're, after, when, you, when they hand you that degree and you're, you'll have your fancy braids and robes and shit and look like you're in some fucking uh, secret society cult something. Um, so that's great. But does that, does that then mean that you know everything there is to know about that topic? Or no, that just means that you have a good foundation to spend the, your, the rest of your life advancing the topic a bit and making your own contributions, you know? So I learn new stuff all the time. And um, you know, the next recession, people always prepare for the last recession. And then the next thing comes and it's different. And then you gotta fucking think through that whole in your head, that whole catalog of reference points and library of reference experiences, if you will, you know? And uh, it's the same type of thing. Just, you know, I'm, I'm always adding to that and trying to imagine what other crazy permutations of reality might be in the future, you know? and. Uh, It'll be useful to you, stuff you'll learn, you know, you'll learn in these that'll help you with money for the rest of your life. That I, I don't think it's an exaggeration. It's certainly true for me, but I, I wouldn't be the only one. It's like, how, how many people in the room that you think 
do you think you'll make more money from your investments long term than you ever did from your income from like a job or your business even? How many think you'll make the most money from your investments long term? Yeah. So I will for sure. It's like it's more powerful than even with my little graduate degree that I could go make a couple hundred grand or something, you know. Or or which is a, a bigger number, whatever I would make in an entrepreneurial thing, is like the fucking stock market, everything trades for a multiple. If you made a million dollars in your business, you know, the, and you traded a Tesla multiple, it's, you know, 1.35 billion. So it's, that, that's how those, these people, I'm, I'm not knocking them for it, by the way, it's like, they didn't invent the system, they just utilized the system quite well, you know, but an Elon Musk has this tremendous wealth because the fucking stock is trading at 1,350 times earnings. Or Jeff Bezos has, you know, extraordinary wealth because the stock's trading at 90 something, 95-ish times earnings. I don't follow Amazon day to day, but that'd be the right order of magnitude. Can we look it up just to fact check me on that quick? 95. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's how you get those huge numbers for those people. Or, or Buffett has the net worth that he has because he, he owns a bunch of companies that are trading at a multiple, you know? If he just, if he just owned one of those companies and was an operator, he'd be making, you know, 125th of the income, 4% of the income that he's making. So there, there's opportunities in the stock market that are, there's nothing else in the world like that. And I'm not even talking about leverage. You know, you can borrow money and fucking leverage the accounts too, which I don't necessarily recommend for everybody, but I'm just saying just, you know, outright equity ownership without even leveraging the account and, and getting a multiple on that. So it's extraordinary. There's nothing else like it in the world as far as wealth creation. There's nothing else like it in the world. And then, you know, real estate's the other big one that you can make a lot of money with real estate, that real estate, you can have higher leverage and it's not irresponsible to have, you know, if you made a fucking 10% down payment on a home and it's, you know, then you have nine times leverage because you, you owe nine times as much as your equity is if you put 10% down. But you would, I would never want nine times leverage in my stock account because that, that means uh, in that context, you know, if the, if the market went up, 10%, then you doubled your money. But if the market went down 10%, your account went to zero. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to be doing that in stocks. But in real estate, it's common practice. Common practice. And because real estate prices don't fluctuate nearly as much, so it's a, a reasonable thing to do in that context. But those are the two areas you can make crazy wealth, you know? So more than you could ever make in a career, more than you could ever make even an entrepreneurship by yourself. 